And here we go. Here we go. On this Monday evening, it is May 15th, 2023. It is 6 p.m. straight up. That means that, no, it's not a mistake. This is Real Talk Memphis. Uh, I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to be here and very happy to have you wherever it is you are that you are checking us out on this beautiful evening in the city. Well, uh, it's supposed to be technically spring uh, in terms of the seasons, but I think we just bypassed that. Today felt like uh, late July, early August. Uh, when I left my house to come here tonight, uh, it was 90 degrees and the heat index made it feel like 95. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rather warm outside, no doubt about it. Beautiful weekend we just had. I hope you had a nice and a safe weekend as well. And the last seven days since uh, we last corresponded uh, have uh, been well for you, uh, you know, also. Uh, so uh, before we get uh, too deep into all of this, uh, you're always asking how you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. Well, uh, we are on right now live 91.7 on your FM dial. That will be WYXR. Uh, we are on, also on the WYXR app. You know, we're on the World Wide Web. That means you can, like, listen to us anywhere in the world. That's what World Wide Web means. So you can catch us on the app. Uh, we are also on the TuneIn app. Uh, we're doing the Facebook Live thing. Uh, are we doing the Facebook Live thing, Brian? Okay, I can't, I can't tell. I guess we're doing the Facebook Live thing. Uh, and uh, we are also uh, will be on uh, YouTube uh, when the show is posted sometime tomorrow afternoon. And uh, as we are a podcast uh, after the show is posted, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast. Business out of the way. We feel good about it. It's time to move forward with the broadcast. We have a pretty good show for you tonight. I think uh, you will enjoy it. I hope you stick around uh, for the entire hour because, uh, you know, we, we'd like to do it well from beginning to end. Uh, tonight's guest, uh, uh, Michael Wallace, uh, who is a longtime reporter uh, you know, and uh, anchor uh, in the world of the NBA. Uh, he is a reporter for the Grind City Media, uh, and he will join us in just a few minutes. Now, let me just say this at the outset. I did not, uh, he was invited to the show before all of this foolishness with John Morant happened yesterday morning that we all found out about it. Uh, it happened to be a coincidence, but since he is here, to talk about uh, the Grizzlies and the post, you know, season, uh, you know, their early exit from the playoffs and what he thinks uh, is going to happen as they move into the new season. We're going to talk a little bit about all of that in Ja as well. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to talk with uh, Captain Albert Glenn. Uh, and uh, he is a man uh, who uh, takes to the skies. He has been a long time uh, uh, pilot. And uh, actually, actually, he was one of the first uh, FedEx black pilots, uh, you know, in their history. And uh, what he has done is uh, opened up a flight school for students in Olive Branch uh, to teach and encourage minorities uh, to fly. And, I, and uh, I saw that story and I thought that was a very, very positive and encouraging story because uh, there are not very many minorities uh, who are or piloting, piloting uh, planes out here. So he's teaching that, and he'll tell us all about that program. And a bit later on in the broadcast, if you are like me and you have a bad back, and I have a very bad back, uh, you know, you're, you're wondering about surgery and about what you need to do and don't do in terms of all of that, 
Well, uh, we are going to speak uh, <coughs> with a back surgeon uh, from the Campbell Clinic Group. His name is Dr. Chad Campion. Uh, and uh, he's going to talk about a, a less invasive way uh, to uh, have back surgery, uh, something that they have uh, started to develop at Campbell Clinic. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking him all about that. Uh, it's, it's almost like microscopic surgery, a very small incision, go in there and, and fix the nerve or whatever uh, issue you may have with your back, uh, and then uh, go home and recuperate and get back on your feet. So I'm very anxious to talk to him about that. Uh, and we will in just a few minutes. Uh, graduations are still happening in and around the Mid-South. Uh, so if you happen to uh, be a part of the graduation party over the weekend, congratulations to you. Uh, class of 2023, there will be continuing graduations for another, I'd say a week or, or two maybe, uh, as uh, time moves along. Uh, so we're celebrating all month long. And uh, we're also, something we're also celebrating is you. Uh, many of you uh, have taken that uh, trip around the sun. And uh, whether it was over the weekend, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow or the remainder of the week, we shout you out on this broadcast better than anybody else. But we can't do that until I say, hit it, Brent. A lot of birthdays today on this 15th day of May, 2023. Happy birthdays going out to uh, my little brother, Clarence Brown Jr., all the way out there in Los Angeles, California, celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, bro. Uh, Marcella Capel celebrating her birthday today, as is Kay Catrice. Jackie Reed, a.k.a. The Diva. She's celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday, Jackie. Harvey Burke celebrating today. Happy birthday to Sandy Kroger, to Sam Moon, to Amy Chan, Kathy Malk Davis celebrating her birthday today, as is Carrie Woods and Jackie Lee Hobson. All today, celebration today. I hope it's been a wonderful, wonderful day for you, uh, filled with uh, fun and laughter. And uh, before I move on here, a very special birthday acknowledgement for tomorrow, May 16th. Uh, my younger brother, Michael Anthony Washington, uh, is celebrating his birthday on May 16th, uh, which is tomorrow. So, uh, Mike, uh, very happy birthday to you, sir. You will be hearing from me, of course. And uh, as your older brother, I'm very proud of you. Uh, and uh, each and every one of you, congratulations on making another trip around the sun. Uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. So uh, a few news and notes here. Um, the, uh, the school board is uh, still trying to figure out what they're going to do about this new superintendent deal. Uh, they uh, met, they had a uh, retreat over the weekend. Uh, it was uh, a little contentious. I mean, a lot of folks still aren't on the same page. And now there's even talk about perhaps uh, opening it back up uh, to more applicants, or accepting more applicants for the final round. So you can tell this is still a thing. Uh, this thing has been paused. The selection, the choice of it has been paused. They're still trying to figure out next steps. Uh, in that process. So I guess like everybody else, we will all stay tuned uh, to see how uh, how that, that shakes out. Uh, there will be a big court decision made this Thursday. You know, we've been talking about this uh, 
mayor's race, which is October 5th, I believe, uh, and uh, the issue of residency and residency requirements, uh, whether it is a five-year residency requirement or it is uh, no residency requirement, uh, and uh, you know, and then anybody and everybody can run. Now, two people, Van Turner and uh, Floyd Bonner, are affected by this right now because uh, they did not live in the city, uh, but they recently moved to the city. So a judge is supposed to decide uh, the city council is suing the city of Memphis over this. Uh, so the 18th, which is Thursday, is going to be a very consequential day uh, in terms of the upcoming election and what may or may not happen in terms uh, of that. So we had a couple of incidents over the weekend. What else is new? Uh, gun violence uh, Saturday evening, Tug's Restaurant down there uh, on uh, Mud Island. Uh, apparently, uh, three individuals pulled up in front of the restaurant, a uh, very crowded restaurant inside and out. They were looking for an individual. Uh, shots were fired uh, from them. Uh, and the supposed victim, uh, who was sitting outside, uh, ran into the restaurant to, uh, to try to hide from all of this. Uh, in the meantime, uh, he was firing shots back at the suspects, uh, actually striking one of the suspects. Uh, they got back into their car, the suspects did, and fled. Uh, the individual uh, who was struck, one of the suspects, uh, they took him to a, uh, a fire station, and he was consequently taken to the hospital where he died. Uh, so this has been a big mess. Obviously, Tugs is, uh, is closed now for now uh, until they can make some repairs. Uh, a lot of folks were out for uh, Mother's Day celebration, uh, you know, a beautiful evening on Saturday night. And Tugs uh, uh, was, was, uh, was the unintended target of all of this, unfortunately. Very sad case yesterday over in South Memphis. A juvenile female was shot and killed yesterday afternoon uh, it turns out after an investigation, uh, she was accidentally shot and killed by her seven-year-old brother. Uh, she was nine years old. Uh, apparently, uh, the seven-year-old found a, a loaded weapon uh, in his father's car in the glove compartment. Here we go. Uh, he uh, went to the car, got the gun, went, went inside, and I guess confronted his sister, uh, pulled the trigger, and uh, now she is gone. The father... Uh, was arrested this afternoon on a, on a series uh, of charges. So uh, that's a that's a very 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 sad story. Of course, uh, many of us are aware of the video uh, featuring our star point guard John Morant. Uh, he was riding apparently with his uh, one of his partners, and uh, there was an Instagram live deal going on there, and apparently there was a flash of him uh, with another gun in his hand in the car. Uh, they were listening to some uh, rap music, of course, and uh, now it has become uh, the story uh, here in the city. A lot of you are getting a little sensitive about all of this. You know, anytime somebody posts about that, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, why is everybody picking on John Moran? Let me, t let me just explain this. And I'm sure Michael Wallace, who will join me in just a couple of minutes, will explain it better. Uh, when you join the NBA, uh, you sign contracts. And one of those has a lot to do with uh, how you carry yourself, or whether you're on the court or off the court. It's, no, it's, it's not about uh, having a gun. Anybody in it seems like anybody in this state can have a gun with, with no permit, no background check, no anything. So that really isn't the issue. Uh, he represents not only himself, uh, but his family, uh, his little girl, 
He represents uh, the basketball team he plays for because he is the leader of that team. And he represents all those who uh, hold him up as a role model. Uh, and, uh, you know, moves like this uh, don't do well uh, for individuals. You know, he, uh, after his last incident, uh, he did not make an all-NBA team. Because he did not make an all-NBA team and that was part of his contract, uh, he lost $40 million because he didn't make the team. And that had a lot to do with the, uh, the first incident that we saw. So what will happen now? We don't know what will happen, but we assume that uh, Adam Silver, who is the uh, NBA commissioner, will take some dramatic action with that. We'll talk to Michael Wallace uh, from the uh, Grizzlies uh, Grind City Media uh, all about this in just a couple of minutes. That's gonna, I'm going to pause it right there. So that takes care of the news and notes uh, for uh, this uh, Monday evening. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to start this show. What do you say? This is the Monday edition of Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip Washington. Uh, you know who you are. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. We wouldn't be able to keep this archive going without your support. Donate online today at WYSR.org. WYXR is supported by Minglewood Hall, hosting reggae musician Steel Pulse on June 8th and Stephen Marley on July 18th. More information at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Are you an education professional looking to land a job before school begins? Are you interested in joining a community committed to change? Teach where it matters most. Teach 901. Job opportunities and more at Teach901.com. Hey, I'm Will from Crosstown Brewing Company. We support WYXR 91.7 FM. A favorite beer is just like a favorite song. We feel something new every time we encounter them. Cheers to playing the hits and tasting the notes. Shangri-La Records proudly supports WYXR. They offer a selection of vinyl, CDs, books, and more. Shangri-La is operated in the Memphis area for over three decades, and they are located at 1916 Madison Avenue in Midtown. They're open seven days a week. More information at Shangri.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening, a beautiful, warm Monday evening in the city. Chip with you, and uh, we alluded to it uh, at the top of the show. 
the issue uh, with John Morant and the video and the gun. Now, uh, I invited our first guest on the show uh, before all of this happened to, to, to kind of give us a post uh, on the Grizzlies, uh, the season, the postseason, and, and kind of gauge his thoughts as to, uh, you know, where we go from here moving into next year. So I'm uh, very pleased to welcome to the broadcast Michael Wallace from Grind City Media. They cover the Grizzlies up and down and back and forth. And Michael, it's good to see you, my friend. How you been? Hey, I've been great, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. It's always a pleasure. You know, I wish I had a little bit more uh, positive things to talk about, like the playoffs and all that kind of thing. But, uh, hey, it is what it is, man. We're right here, and uh, we're going to grind through it for sure. Absolutely. So so let's, let, let's take, a, let's take a, a trip back a, a, a bit, Mike, if we can. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of the playoffs, the Grizzlies had uh, what many would consider to be a, a very good season. Uh, you know, going in and going into the playoffs, uh, uh, they they played the Lakers, and I think many people at the outset thought uh, that they should move through that series uh, uh, pretty well. Uh, from what you saw, uh, tell me, uh, were you surprised at, at the at the overall outcome? What did not the Grizzlies do uh, to be able to to win that first round matchup? In your opinion. I mean, you know, I thought they, they, number one, injuries. We talked about that all yeah. season long. Could this team get healthy at the right time? Could they maintain uh, some semblance of health? And to not have Steven Adams and Brandon Clark uh, really, really hurt you going up against the front line with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There's no way that Brandon and or Steven uh, would not have helped in that series to at least neutralize some of that physicality. So, you know, you don't make excuses because even in the month of March going into April, the Grizzlies played some of their best basketball without those two guys. So when you say that, that's one thing. But particularly in that matchup, um, you know, I just think they didn't get the shooting that they needed offensively. The offense evaded them. Uh, the three-point shooting was a problem. The bench couldn't respond to what the Lakers were doing off their bench uh, with Rui Hachimura uh, doing it one game. And then you had other guys stepping in. Uh, Austin Reeves was a, a really, yeah. really reliable role player yeah. uh, that hurt the Grizzlies throughout that series. So depth of the Lakers. Uh, the physicality of the Lakers and just the experience of the Lakers uh, overwhelmed the Grizzlies, who were shorthanded all the way through. Then John Moran gets hurt, misses a game, uh, and you just can never find your rhythm in that playoff series. And you know, the better team, the healthier team, uh, the hungrier team won in that in that first round. Before we talk about uh, John, a different context. You know, I heard someone say, uh, you know, he's a he's a, a brilliant playmaker. He's very dynamic when he's on the floor. Uh, but there was also uh, some conversation about chemistry issues uh, in terms of like when he's in the game versus when he's out of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you see anything like that, or do you do you buy into that? that, that because uh, many of the uh, you know so called experts said that you know it seemed like uh, they were a different team you know with him uh, in versus out of the game at, at times. I mean, they, they are a different team. They play differently. You know, I mean, when you when you're missing one of the marquee players in the league. Uh, other guys tend to not hesitate to step up and do more. You know what I mean? You get guys that, that want to fill that void. So there's a lot more that they have to compensate for when Jai isn't on the floor. So your role players all move up one more rung and they become better or, mm-hmm. or they become more committed to what they have to do. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies aren't a better team overall without John Moran. I mean, their record that, that they've been able to have a record of success without him uh, speaks more to the quality of their depth. But at the end of the day, what I do see more ball movement, uh, better shooting, guys getting to where they need to get to and feeling like everyone is involved. Um, but, of course, when Ja plays, he's one of the more dominant fourth-quarter scorers in the league. Mm-hmm. So when, when when the game is on the line, you know the ball is going to be in his hands. You know you're going to have to stand around and wait for him to make a decision before you can go. So some of those things do uh, uh, 
foster different styles of play. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, this young team has to figure out how to continue to maximize uh, their play when Jai's on the floor with them. Does it bother you, uh, because I heard some folks say, you know, the way he plays and, and, and sometimes, you know, as he's, as, he's, as he's driving, you know, down the lane and, and, and doing all this acrobatic stuff, you know, yeah. toward the basket. Uh, someone said, uh, you know, the basketball court uh, is undefeated. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. but, but but he plays sometimes, you know, in that way where you almost fear uh, that when he hits the ground, and he hits the ground a lot and kind of hard, uh, is there any concern that, you know, he might, you know, really cause a major injury just by I the mean, way he been, plays, by the way he plays? Well, well, I mean, when you look at it, the way he plays, you know, he's missed more than 20 games in two straight seasons now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there has to be an adjustment to the way job plays. There has to be a maturation to his game. Um, there has to be a different – course of action that he's need, he needs to take to preserve his body so all of those things go into play you know when you talk about you know what is the next step for Ja to take uh to be you know in, in, in a hall of fame type player we know he's a hall of fame talent we know he's an elite player in this league but how do you preserve your body how do you put exactly. yourself in position uh to be able to be there for 70 games and throughout a playoff series um, that's something that we haven't seen yet from Ja, you know what I mean, in terms of staying healthy. So he has to play a little bit differently, know when to attack, know when to pull up. You know, this is something that we've seen with Allen Iverson. We saw it with Steve Francis. We saw it with some, you know, a lot of the guards. Isaiah Thomas had to learn, okay, I can't go in here with big guys yeah. every single day or I'm going to catch that Carl Malone elbow and split my head halfway open. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you, you got to be smarter with how you're going to play, and I think that just comes with maturation. So Dylan Brooks, uh, who uh, apparently uh, is going to be moving on from the Grizzlies, uh, mm -hmm. caught a bit of attention. Uh, now all basketball teams have players that assume uh, different roles, Mike. And um, I, I, I would imagine that his role was, uh, I guess, to be the enforcer, maybe to be uh, you know a bit mm -hmm. of a bully and maybe do some talking every, every now and again. Um, do you think that all of that uh, and his inability to really contribute uh, on the offensive end, uh, you know, cost uh, helped to cost the the, the, the team uh, the loss in the first round? Yeah, Dylan definitely struggled offensively, um, you know, throughout the second half of the season. This wasn't one of his most consistent season. His efficiency waned. Uh, his shot completely evaded him, mm -hmm. and, and it was frustrating to see. You know what I mean? Because teams had started leaving him open yes. and daring him to shoot. You don't dare. You don't have to dare Dylan Brooks to shoot. All he needs is a small invitation <laughs> yeah. or no invitation at all, and he's going to jack that thing up. Yeah. But what he gave you was heart every single night. I mean, you might disagree with his methods. You might disagree with his trash talk and his mm -hmm. antics. Certainly, he crossed the line on a couple of these things, and he needs to learn and to grow up a little bit from it. But I didn't. I never. I never had to wonder in, in the six years that I've known him in Memphis whether Dylan was going to bring it that night, whether he was going to give everything he had. Uh, to his matchup, to his defensive assignment. And, um, you know, it just went to the situation where if the Grizzlies move on without him, I know certainly that's been, you know, what's been out there. The perception is that it's time for, for both sides to move on. And that very well will, you know, likely be the case. Having said that, you know, his contract is up. So it's not like, you know, he's getting traded. It's not like, he's a you know, free agent, um, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a free agent. Right, he's right. a free agent. And he was going to uh, test the waters and uh, and see what was out there, do his due diligence and, and, what we know now is that, you know, he's if he can find a suitor that he likes, uh, the, the overwhelming chances are that he's going to have to go ahead and, and sign somewhere else and play. And both sides are going to be positioned to have to move on. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Michael Wallace uh, from Grind City Media. They they uh, cover all things Grizzlies, and he's kind of giving us a a, a post season review uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, uh, as as they move forward, Michael, uh, as you know, heading into a new season and starting to plan for things, uh, what pieces, if any, do you think are missing, uh, and uh, that they may need to go after during this offseason? Well, the, the 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 set of assets that they do have, right? Um, they they have the number twenty five overall pick in the first round. They have a second round pick. They actually have two second round picks, um, and then they have the mid level exception, which is going to start at around twelve million dollars a year. So you're looking at a three to four year uh, deal that could be upwards of about sixty million dollars. Mm. Yeah, about sixty million dollars somewhere around in the fifties to sixty million dollars. So you have that at your disposal to use. Um, that doesn't give you a whole lot, though. You're not going to get a frontline uh, star or all-star. You just hope that you can find somebody that's going to help. So we're, we're, they're going to look at small forward. They're going to look at more depth at the point guard position um, and, and in the backcourt. Um, and, and I think they're fine. They, they're probably going to need to have another big as well, too, because, you know, with Steven Adams going into tra- training camp, he's supposed to be ready at that point, but he'll be turning 29 and he's coming off of a knee situation. Um, And Brandon Clark is going to miss, you know, at least the first half of the season, if not most of it. Mm. So you're going to need another big in that rotation as well. So a big, a a, a starting caliber, small forward uh, and a backup point guard. Those are going to be the three things that I think they're going to look for uh, in one order or another uh, as they go into the summer and in the off season. So I'm I'm I've obviously would be remiss if I didn't close on, on the incident uh, uh, pertaining to John Morant yesterday. Of course, the video released uh, of he in the car uh, with his uh, with his buddy and and apparently on on Instagram Live and it was a flashing of a gun that John had in his hand. Uh, on his face, Michael, based on what you know about all of this and and, and what you see, what's your take on this? You know, it's it's disturbing. You know, it's disturbing that, that that this young man with seemingly everything at his fingertips, um, you know, continues to go down this path with making some immature decisions. Um, the team has suspended him uh, indefinitely pending uh, the league's action. Uh, obviously, that tells you that the league, it's in the league's hands at this point. Uh, Adam Silver and Joe Dumars in the league just a couple of months ago made a decision and challenged Jada to be more mature and understanding mm-hmm. that. This is detrimental to not just himself, but the entire league, because he's one of the marquee players in the league. So, you know, it's really an unfortunate situation. At some point, you know, you hope that this young man gets it and and understands what's at stake. And uh, he doesn't have to, you know, cost himself a career uh, before he has to become one of those guys that that has a testimony to help somebody else down the line when he could he could turn it around right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm pulling for, man. Like at the end of the day, I work for the Grizzlies. and I, I'm around these guys in a lot more ways uh, than, than most people get a chance to be. I see the other side of John, who's charismatic, caring, uh, understanding, always checking to make sure everybody else around him is good, mm-hmm. um, and then setting his own table after that. But in this situation, um, when he's away from basketball and, and he's under some different influences, uh, you really have to worry, you know, wonder, uh, can he get it? Can he make the right decision? So we'll see. I, I can't speculate what's going to happen, uh, what the league's decision is going to be. Um, but if it doesn't start with Jog getting somewhere and putting himself in a real serious situation to get some help, then all else is going to be moot anyway. So hopefully that's the first step, and we'll see where it goes from there. Well, l- listen, man, uh, excellent uh, observation uh, and thought uh, process. And this is why I wanted to ask you about it, because you know more than we know 
certainly uh, the dynamics uh, of the team. And I mean, we're, we're all hoping for the best for Ja, but he's got to grow up and, and, and really understand the choices that he makes and the consequences of the choices that he makes, which is kind of what I yeah. heard you say a second ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and, you know, we, we all, the thing is I have, you know, I have a son, 23 years old, same age as John Moran, right? We've both been 23 years old. Sure. You and I have lived through that age sure. and those stages, right? Mm-hmm. And we got to the other side. Um, and certainly some of the things that we probably would want to take back in our past as well, too. We just didn't have the millions and millions of dollars in the scrutiny that this young man has. Um, so having said all of that, you know, you just hope that he can go somewhere, get some space and get some people in his corner and in his ear that really want the best for him. and that he, But he's got to want it for himself first. That's where we are now. So you're absolutely right, Chip. 100%. Michael Wallace uh, from Grind City Media. Mike, thanks uh, again for coming on the show tonight and uh, breaking uh, everything down for us and, 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 and doing what you do, my friend. And you do it very, very well. And I look forward to talking to you as we get, you know, down into the season and, uh, you know, talking more about uh, what's to come. In the meantime, man, you take care and I look forward to talking to you soon. All right, you too, brother. Take care, man. Good to be with you. You too as well. Michael Wallace, ladies and gentlemen, from Grind City Media. Very honest uh, about uh, his assessment uh, on our Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant and what happens has to happen uh, moving forward. Well, we really appreciate him uh, being on the show tonight. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to take you to the friendly skies of air travel. This is Real Talk Memphis for a Monday evening. I'm Chip. You know who you are. We'll see you in a minute. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something yes, new to sip on this spring from WYXR and Crosstown Brewing Company. Nah, I ain't talking about scissor. I'm talking about a beer with big flavor. Flavor. And every bit of it you put in your mug helps our mission to provide the realest music, talk, events, and more for Memphis music culture and community. It's called Clear Smoke. Yeah, that's what I'm sipping on. Sipping on. What about you? Crosstown Brewing Company supports WYXR with initiatives and collaborations like Clear Smoke to increase the impact and influence of Memphis creatives across the globe. Find more information about this limited edition brew online at crosstownbeer.com. River Series is a proud sponsor of WYXR. The series continues May 13th with Mark Eggers Stewart and Aaron James, and May 20th with Chapel Hill, North Carolina Spider Bags, and a tribute to Memphis's Flat Tire Rockers Limes. Doors at 4 p.m. for both shows. Tickets and more information at riverseries.org. At WYXR, we are committed to uplifting local organizations and businesses who are making an impact in Memphis. If you are looking for ways to spread the word about your business on air and want to support WYXR at the same time, email us at sponsorships at WYXR.org.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this very warm Monday evening in the city. Chip here. Uh, so listen, I, I uh, you know, I'm always looking for interesting stories and interesting people uh, to feature uh, on uh, this uh, radio show. Uh, and, and, I, and I think I found one tonight. Uh, this gentleman that, that I'm about to introduce right now is doing big things uh, for young, uh, hopeful aviators who have big dreams. Uh, he is Captain Albert Glenn, and if I remember correctly, he was one of the first black pilots uh, at, at FedEx. But let me formally welcome uh, him to the show. Uh, Captain Glenn, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming on Real Talk. Appreciate it. Uh, good, good evening, and thank you. So uh, did I get that right uh, in, in reference to your background? Uh, were you one of, the, one of the first black pilots at FedEx? Well, I was one of seven. So I was I was involved, I was with the first seven that were hired. And how long? But um, yeah, so I, I I actually started working at FedEx in 1974, but it wasn't until 1983 that I actually started flying for FedEx. Okay, okay. And one of the first seven, and one of the first in the group of seven. Yes. Uh, I, I think I know the answer to the question I'm about to ask, but but just how exciting was that? I mean, that obviously, you know, I mean, being the first in anything is is extraordinary. Uh, but uh, something like this and being a pilot uh, with a lot of responsibility, a lot of training goes into that. How, how exciting was that for you uh, back during that time? Well, I'll tell you what, it was probably not as exciting about the first seven. It was exciting just being part of a, a group that had been challenged historically from being kept out of the airline industry. And um, one of the things that made FedEx special was is that they were really one of the first airlines to go out and start recruiting black aviators to come work at FedEx, um, with Carol Waters being the first one. But those that preceded me were ones who had been recruited. And, um, you know, in all honesty, when you look back at the Tuskegee Airmen, you'll find that very few of them had the opportunity to fly with the airlines. And so to come forward, you know, but 30 years later, you know, I was just happy to I was overwhelmed with joy to be able to get a job working in the airline industry and, and start a career that um, I wanted to, to be involved in and, and really was proud of what I was able to accomplish. Absolutely that. So so fast forward a bit. Uh, these days, uh, you have started a, a flight school uh, in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and uh, uh, with the, I guess, the purpose to teach and encourage uh, minority uh, students uh, who may want to uh, take up that that same uh, career one day. First of all, what made you decide uh, that you wanted to do something like this? Well, I tell you what, I've been involved since 1985 working with different organizations to, to kind of push aviation in the black community. And um, so I had a chance to work with Tuskegee Airmen working down in Tuskegee, Alabama. And um, in 1992, we started thinking about, I, along with Captain Clovis Jones, about developing a pathway for students. And so that was the beginning of us thinking about our approaches to do it, allowing Project Aerospace to be developed. And locally, Memphis turned out to be the ideal spot 
working with Wooddale High School, helping them get a grant to start the aviation program. Mm -hmm. And um, deep in my heart, that's something I've always wanted to do is to, to make a difference in my community. And I was able to find the right combination. Well, clearly you you clearly you did. Now, um, was it was it a challenge to to uh, get this off the ground, uh, so to speak, in terms of this flight school and and how did Olive Branch uh, come into play? Well, it it was a challenge, but you know we had the wonderful blessing of of having a job that paid us quite well and gave us the opportunity to to look at it not from the standpoint of having to raise money, but to take advantage of the things that we had available to us to make available to those who couldn't afford it. One of the tall poles in the tent now in the aviation industry is more about how much it costs to become a pilot. How much does it take to, to get into the airline industry? Mm -hmm. And so our goal was to, to put together a training program, find a location. And we've been working with Wooddale High School. And we found that the majority of students that we are working with um, you know, being able to go to any other airport was kind of difficult. Memphis International is not set up for flight training. And um, OBAP, along with myself, um, was able to provide an airplane for free flying for the students, for the kids at Wooddale. Mm -hmm. So the closest airport to Wooddale was, um, was Olive Branch Airport. And so we were given the opportunity to be able to, to use Olive Branch Airport. And um, in 2018, um, one of the facilities there became available and working with the um, airport manager and the mayor, we were able to acquire that property and um, we've been able to, to grow there, grow the um, flight school since then. Well, I, I got to tell you, that, that is that that's an amazing uh, story and, and an amazing journey. So uh, I, I believe I read that uh, that you have quite a few students uh, who are uh, involved in this Uh does it surprise you uh, that uh, that uh, the students that you teach, many of them, uh, have the desire to want to be a part of the aviation industry? I mean, that's a that's a pretty you know it's a pretty big deal and 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 lucrative if you can if you can get into it. But we're still kind of woefully short on the minority side in terms of pilots, are we not? We are. You know, I found a lot of students that had the interest and desire. You know, we used to say we go to a school, if airplane flies overhead, we can identify all the students have interest in flying. They're the ones that look up at the airplane first. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But, but what we found was is that the cost of it was the biggest barrier. And so for us, it was developing processes, getting the funding, finding, re-envisioning how we can help those who couldn't get the funding to go the flight train without going into the military. Mm. And so we've been able to do that. We work with the high schools. We work with Southwest Community College in developing an aviation program at, at their campus, which is perfect for Tennessee, which offers great opportunities in two-year and technical schools yes. for students to be able to get the financial aid that they need. Mm -hmm. And we're working with FedEx and with American Airlines to help them get the funding that they need to be able to continue their flying and have the funds to cover it. Well, you know, this is uh, an extraordinary opportunity uh, for anyone uh, young like this who is who is interested, you know, uh, in, in this. And uh, of course, I think you 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 are you are you are you maxed out now in terms of uh, the students? Are you are you still accepting, well, or how's that how's well, that go? We're still taking students, so okay. we have we take eight new students every forty five days. Okay, so we're taking students continuously. The goal is for a student to be there nine to 12 months in terms of their flight training. 
and either continuing as an instructor or moving on to one of the um, one of the other airlines or going to another flight school. So we're we're constantly training and and moving students on. We have um, right now since 2018, we have 12 12 of our students that are now flying for the airlines. Oh man, that is absolutely amazing, and I know uh, it makes your heart full just to to be able to see uh, those accomplishments. Uh, for anyone uh, interested, if it's a parent listening, or or maybe uh, you know one of their children listening, uh, who who uh, has an interest, a sincere interest in what you're trying to do and teach out there at the flight school, how do they get in touch? Uh, how, how do they reach out to find out? The best way to do is to go to the go to our website which is the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. The initials are OBAP.org. Now, the flight school is named after Lieutenant Colonel Luke Weathers, who is a Tuskegee Airman from the Memphis area. Mm-hmm. And um, his family is very gracious. And for most of you know that the VA hospital is going to be named, is named after him there in Memphis. And um, they'll be doing that ceremony in July. But go to the OBAP, Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals, and look for Luke Weathers Flight Academy. And you'll see our um, you'll see the page for for the flight academy. Well, uh, I I gotta tell you, man, I, I I read the story. I was very excited to to reach out and and, and contact you about it because, uh, like you say, you had the opportunity uh, to be able to give back, and you've always wanted, to, as you said, to give back to your community. And there's no better way to be able to do that uh, than to uh, educate and teach these uh, these youngsters who are who are really curious and want to understand uh, what the aviation industry is all about. And maybe one day, uh, too, and I'm probably I, I don't even need to ask, you know, uh, one of the things uh, that you do in teaching is uh, letting them know if they become successful, then they should reach back as well and try to pull others involved. Am I correct? That is correct. And so we do that. We ask them to do a lot of volunteer work. You know, we what we do is volunteer work and we kind of set the example and mentor them so that they understand it's a, it's a lot about giving back because the job itself within the industry, especially now, mm-hmm. we're talking generational wealth. One of our students that um, we work with that um, attended Delta State, he's now at Delta Airlines, and he'll be a 24-year-old captain. And right now, oh as a 24-year-old captain, he once he gets finished with his training as a captain, he'll probably be making right at four to five hundred thousand dollars a year. Now, I'll let you add up those numbers. <laughs> retirement, forced retirement is at sixty-five. So yeah, you can look generational wealth. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, uh, Captain Albert Glenn, I, I'm 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 honored to speak with you. I, I really am, and I'm and and thank you so much uh, for what you're doing in such a positive way for these young folks uh, and uh, setting up futures for so many. Really appreciate you taking time to come on the show tonight, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Yes, sir. Have a great evening. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I tell you this. I, now, those are the type of stories that, that we like to bring you here on this uh, on this broadcast and, and what uh, uh, Captain uh, Glenn is doing uh, and, and his fellow instructors to help uh, change and mold lives. Uh, and uh, as he said, create generational wealth uh, uh, for years to come for these folks. Uh, all, all, all that is required after you get where you want to go is to reach back and pull others up uh, to be on that level as well. We're going to take our final break of the broadcast. And when we come back, yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, you have back problems out there. You have issues. You have herniated discs and stuff like that. Do you make uh, an unseemly noise when you get up? 
<laughs> out of the chair. You know, like, ouch, ouch, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk all about that uh, when we come back. This is Real Talk Memphis for a Monday evening. I'm Chip. <laughs> we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WIXR is supported by the Orpheum's 2023-2024 Broadway season, featuring Funny Girl, Beetlejuice, Six, Company, Les Mis, Mrs. Doubtfire, Wicked, and Mamma Mia. More information at orpheum-memphis.com slash season. WYXR is supported by the Museum of Science and History, presenting Laser Live, which brings live music and laser light effects together for a live concert series in the Mosh AutoZone Dome at the Sharp Planetarium. Laser Live begins May 13th with Hope Claiborne and Soul Scrimmage. More information at moshmemphis.com. Did you know you could donate your vehicle and support WYXR at the same time? We offer free pickup and it's tax deductible. Go to cars.wyxr.org to donate your car today. The Sunset Jazz at Court Square Concert Series is back every second Sunday, May through October, featuring Memphis's top jazz artists at 62 North Main in downtown Memphis. More information and the lineup are available at sunsetjazzmemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the show on uh, this Monday evening. Uh, Chip here. And, uh, you know, as I stated at the beginning of the broadcast here, if you have issues with your back uh, and uh, that may require some type of surgery, uh, and I'm in that category, uh, you know, I was I was very interested when someone brought this uh, to me. Uh, our next guest is Dr. Chad Campion, and he is a back surgeon working out of Campbell Clinic. And, uh, you know, back surgery can be uh, a rather intricate uh, procedure. Uh, I know like most surgeries, uh, things get better with time. But Dr. Campion uh, has, uh, has uh, uh, I guess they're finding a way over at Campbell Clinic to make it less invasive. And uh, I'd like to get into that conversation. Please welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Chad Campion. And Dr. Campion, it is good to see you. And thank you for coming on Real Talk tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chip. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So uh, less invasive uh, is always uh, something one is interested in. Uh, how do we get to this uh, this stage in reference to uh, our back? 
So uh, the procedure itself is less invasive as uh, compared to, to traditional techniques because the incision, first of all, is much smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, and the damage that we do while obtaining the same goal of decompressing the nerves to help somebody's pain is much less. Um, so it, it's pretty much the same procedure that we've always done, just in a uh, better, uh, less painful, less destructive way. Wow, that's very interesting. And uh, in terms of, of all of that, uh, you know, once you do what you you need to do, depending on the the, the, the various extent of, of what you have to fix inside there, uh, is the recovery uh, any less it, uh, uh, based on how you do what you do now, procedure-wise? Yes, the amazing part of this surgery is people, when they wake up, generally have little to no back pain whatsoever. Um, they, we have them walk around in the recovery area as soon as they wake up. And whereas with the old surgery, we made an incision and had to, uh, dissect through muscle, people would have back pain for a couple of weeks following the procedure. They'd be happy because their leg pain, which was the reason they had the surgery was much better, but the recovery from that would usually take a week to sometimes even longer until their back was feeling good. Um, because of the way this surgery is done and the, the less invasive nature of it, like I said, they wake up and they take a Tylenol maybe that night and maybe the next day, and that may be all they really need as far as pain control. Um, they're back at most, they say, feels sore, and that's about it. Wow. Okay. And how long does that? So I know everybody's different, but how long does it, the soreness generally last? Do you do you uh, do you have an? As far as how long does the relief last? Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. No. I guess I would imagine the relief lasts like. Like, I mean, once you get it fixed, it's fixed, correct? But that's the, that's the hope. That's the goal. Yeah. That's, yeah. But I was talking about, like you said, the back is sore. I mean, I mean, until all of that sort of fades away and you don't even think about it anymore, I guess. So with the endoscopic procedure, a lot of times people tell me that their back is it's sore or mostly they, they describe it as an ache. And they say that lasts for a couple of days, maybe a day um, and then goes away. And for the most part, they're pretty much back to their normal activity. This is really uh, uh, a, a, almost like a life-changing uh, a, a surgery. How, how long has ha, have you all been doing this? And uh, dare I ask, are there other uh, clinics or hospitals or you know places around the country that are starting to utilize the, this particular surgery method? So it's actually been around for decades, um, but it's mostly been done in Europe, uh, specifically Germany, for the most part, for the longest time. In the U.S., it's gaining popularity, but it is still not by any means a, uh, a widely accepted or widely performed surgery. Um, here in the Mid-South and in Memphis, we are the only um, place that does perform this. We have the only machine, I guess you can call it, to be able to do this. Um, the closest place that does it is in Nashville, and that uh, person actually used to be a spine surgeon at Campbell Clinic. He moved to, uh, to Vanderbilt for some family um issues or i guess uh, his wife got a new job mm -hmm. but um yeah he's probably the closest person uh to town that, that's doing it but yeah it's definitely growing in popularity around the country so we would have to so I, I just just so i i get this clear in my mind do we have to go to nashville to get this or can we get it here in memphis no so here at campbell clinic in in, in memphis in germantown okay. uh, we, we do it and i perform it on a weekly basis uh i think next week i have nine or ten of them Performing. This is big. This is this is a big deal because I know at my house uh, the conversation is, you know, wife's always like, you know, when are you going to get surgery? When are you going to, you know, you need to get surgery. You need to get yourself fixed. I have three hernia. I have a herniated uh, disc in my neck, and I believe I have either one or two in my lower back. 
So you mm-hmm. can just imagine the fun I have on a, on a, on, on, on a regular basis. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. There's a lot of people out there with uh, pain in their neck and back from discs. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's tough too because the pain can be you know at times excruciating. It really can. It's it's difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. I also have a neuropathy, and I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse or not, but you know, in terms of my feet. You know the the burning and uh, you know feeling like you're walking on sand all the time and the very the discomfort in your toes. Is there something that can be done about that? Because I've 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 had every test imaginable, uh, including MRIs and a lot of other things, and they they can't seem to figure out what that what, what that's all about. Is that attached in any way uh, to the back issues uh, uh, in terms of the disc uh, problems that I'm having in my back, or is are we talking about something differently here? So it can be. Neuropathy is kind of a, a broad term that we use for anybody that's having any kind of nerve pain. And right. sometimes there's a reason for it and sometimes there's not. Mm. Sometimes we just don't understand exactly why those nerves are irritated or not working properly. But it's not uncommon that I see people that have been diagnosed with neuropathy and told there's nothing to do. And we get an MRI of their back and there is a disc that's herniated and pushing on a nerve that does correspond to the area that they have pain in. And like you said, feels like burning or walking on sand. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. So yeah, so- sometimes there absolutely is a reason for it that we can fix. Sometimes, unfortunately, we just don't understand nerves enough to be able to know what's exactly causing it. Yeah, that is, uh, th- that, that, that's something because, uh, you know, when you, 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 every day it's, 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 it's just like, I mean, when you, when you're wearing socks, it feels like you're wearing 10, you've got 10 pounds on you. I mean, it really is, uh, you know, it, it's a very challenging uh, situation. So, uh, but this whole, this whole, uh, effort in terms of the back surgery, uh, uh and, 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 and the incision, it's, it's just sort of based on the, uh, like the, the like the, uh, microscopic knee surgery uh you know that 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 athletes have uh, you know when they go in with a very small incision go in and, and take care of the damage and, and get on out of there and the recovery time is is much quicker than a traditional surgery would allow yeah it's actually very similar uh, being an orthopedic spine surgery i was lucky to in my training perform arthroscopic knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries like ACL surgeries or rotator cuff repairs, Mm -hmm. which the same way previously were performed through an open incision and the recovery from that. And I know myself because I had it done is a long, painful recovery. Yes. Um, So it's very similar in the fact that now we just do it all through a small incision through a, a camera as opposed to making a big incision and actually looking in there directly with our eyes. Well, I tell you this, I, I'll just, to, 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 I, I'll use one word to describe everything that I have uh, learned and discovered in this conversation. Sold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making a phone call. You'll be hearing from me pretty soon. I can tell you that. <laughs> so we can have more, so we can talk more about all of this. Uh, Dr. Chad Campion, thank you so much for coming on the show. And this is, I'm telling you, I think this is revolutionary and I think it, it really is uh, a breakthrough, and I would imagine that uh, uh, many of your patients who, who have gone through this surgery uh, say to you, "Where have you been all my life?" I mean, because this is actually uh, something that that really takes, uh, uh, you know, that takes uh, you know so much off of a person to be able to do this. Because I'll be honest with you, and I'm gonna let you get out of here. The, one of the biggest concerns I have was the, the recovery time uh, for, for this whole if, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, traditional back surgery, I may be out two, three weeks or something like that. But but you're saying okay. no, sir. And the, other, the other thing about it is that people that may need a fusion surgery, which is a couple months, three months or six months recovery, this can sometimes allow us to do the same thing and get them out the, the next day and walking around doing their normal thing. 
So yeah, I mean, it definitely is uh, changing the way we do surgery. Wow, unbelievable. Campbell Clinic, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we all know it, we all love it, we all respect what they do. They do fine work here uh, in, the, in Memphis in the Mid-South. Uh, Dr. Chad Campion, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. And as I said, you'll be hearing from me uh, pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chip. All right. Have a great night. Thank you as well. Uh, so listen, ladies and gentlemen, wow, that, that, that T now for many of us out here, and I know there's a lot of folks who are dealing with uh, back issues of, 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 a, of a certain sort. Uh, you know, I asked a direct question and he gave me a direct answer and I tell you what, uh, it is not comfortable at all. It's very painful. Uh, sleeping, uh, standing, sitting, moving, getting up, getting down. Uh, when you have uh, herniated discs that cause so much pain, uh, you know, in your body. So uh, if you have any questions about this or you want to know more about it, check out uh, the fine folks at Campbell Clinic, and I think they will take good care of you. So it's about time for us to go. I'm looking at Nicole when I asked that question. So, Bryn, uh, with that, uh, play us out. And uh, listen, thank you to all my guests tonight. This has been a great show. It really has been a great show. Uh, and we've learned a lot. Uh, uh, I hope you've learned a lot as well. Uh, and uh, as I always uh, say, I, I really appreciate you all uh, checking us out. I don't have my phone tonight, so I can't see who's on Facebook Live, and if anybody's on Facebook Live tonight. But if you are... Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, always, uh, you know, listen, follow us, uh, support the show, uh, download uh, the podcast. Uh, they're on every podcast platform in this country. So you have no reason or excuse to miss Real Talk Memphis. Uh, so uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, tell a friend about what we do and uh, get them to be a part of the Real Talk Memphis team. So for Nicole, for Bren, for Lola, I'm Chip. We're out. You have a great week. We'll see you soon.